you know, I have learned so much over the nine years that I've been running my business. And in fact, it's the learning and personal growth that comes with what I do that is one of the very best things about it. Little light bulbs are going off in my head literally all of the time from books I read to people I follow. And of course, from the conversations that I have day in and day out with all of my amazing clients and members. So of course, as my business has grown and evolved, so has the way that I work with my clients. You know, there was a time in the early days when I thought it was literally as simple as giving someone an exercise program and some nutritional changes, and they'd be bound to get the results they wanted. But what I've actually learned is that we are all a heck of a lot more complex than that. And that if we don't also tackle what's going on with our mindset, then we're likely never going to truly change our ways. Now, luckily these days, I do work in a very different way with my clients and members because I know that they are busy women. They want to be fit, strong and confident, but they do not have a load of time to do that, just like all of you, which is exactly why you're here. So in my ChickFit Members Club, which is my online fitness membership, in Power Up Your Perimenopause, which is my fitness and wellness course for perimenopause, and in working day-to-day with my one-to-one clients, I'm actually helping them to come up with strategies that are going to have them feeling amazing and gaining their fitness and confidence, but doing that in a way that really honours everything else they've got going on in their lives. You know, I want to make it simple. I want them to take the pressure off themselves but to still get the things they want. And I want to be there to support them in making certain shifts in mindset that are going to really help them in all areas of their lives. And today I want to share something with you that has become a real cornerstone of how I help them to make the shifts that they want to. Something that is becoming an ever more important part of my work and something that could totally change the way that you approach habit change in the future. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Well, hello there and welcome to a brand new month and in fact, a brand new season. Now, I hope you had a great summer and if you are anything like me right now, you're going to be full of plans for the autumn and beyond, whether it's career related, home life related, your fitness and well-being. I always think this is an amazing time to bring a bit of energy, a bit of excitement into all of that. Now, if you listen to the last two podcast episodes, 64 and 65, we talked quite a lot about all of that. So if you haven't done that yet, then I definitely, definitely recommend that you do go check them out. Um, It's going to really help you to make some plans, particularly for your fitness and wellness. We talk about big picture and then we sort of start to narrow it down to make it really practical for you to take action on. So do go check those out. 
But today I'm sharing something that I think is going to really change the way that you approach habit change, that you think about habit and lifestyle change in the future. And I know that once I get talking about this, it's just, it's going to make so much sense. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, why did I never think about this before? Or why did I never think about it in this way before? And like I said at the start, this is something that I am recognizing more and more and more. I think partly because I'm growing in experience and I, you know, over the last few years, I've, you know, I've worked with so many women that have needed this. But also I just think that we are in a time where we need more of this after everything that's gone on the last couple of years. I think that we all need a bit of this that I'm going to talk about today. And like I say, I think it's going to make so much sense. And I think it's going to really change the way that you approach habit change and, and lifestyle change in the future. Before I dive into this though, I've got an invitation for all of you in the perimenopause phase. So in other words, that's any of you who are from your early 40s onwards, who are entering that new phase or are well into that life phase. And this is whether you want to get proactive or you're noticing changes related to the perimenopause and you want to make sure that you get through that transition feeling your absolute best. Now, I really, really, really believe that there's an awful lot that we can do for ourselves at that time, which not only helps us to tackle those annoying symptoms, but also helps to raise our energy and make sure we feel totally amazing during that peri to post-menopause transition. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that, you know, our energy can dip, we feel less motivated. We feel like we don't quite know what's going on. And one of the things that a lot of women want to do at this phase is just raise their energy so that they feel like they've got what they need to sort of tackle those changes, but also to, you know, be able to do the exercise they need to do and make the lifestyle and, and dietary changes that they might need to as well. So I have created a totally fabulous and totally free five-day challenge for you. And in it together, we're going to be creating your very own fatigued to fabulous formula. And this is all about helping you to build your energy and confidence through the perimenopause and feel amazing. We're going to talk about what the perimenopause is, the symptoms to be looking out for, and then we're going to move on to some mini daily challenges based on the three key pillars for a fit, healthy, happy perimenopause. And by the end of the week, you're going to have your very own formula for success. I cannot wait to get started with this. We're going to kick off on Sunday, the 18th of September. So get yourself registered now to make sure you don't miss out. Just head to the link in the show notes to sign yourselves up. Right, moving on to today. Now, we all have that habit, don't we, of promising ourselves we're going to do certain things and then we make a good start maybe. You know, we're like, right, I that's it. I need to sort my fitness out. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to do it a few times a week and I'm going to get going. And we might make a really, really, really good start. And then after a couple of weeks, a few weeks, we find that our intentions are starting to fall by the wayside. You know, we, we're dropping off the pace. The exercise isn't happening anymore. We realize a week's gone by, two weeks, three weeks. We haven't done anything. And it can often leave us wondering, like, what is, what's wrong with me? Why can I not do this thing that I want to do? You know, and we start questioning ourselves as well. Like, oh, do I just have a lack of willpower? Is it because I, don't have enough time? Is it because I wasn't focused enough? Is it because I didn't find the right diet or the right fitness program or the right trainer? And the thing is that usually it's none of this and there is nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong at all. So what I'm aiming to do today is to help you to find out what is going on. Why is it so hard to stick with healthy new habits and finally make them part of your life? And here it is. It's all about safety. Now, bear with me on this. I promise that as I talk about this, it's going to make a whole load of sense. Okay. So this is basically all about your nervous system. 
and about creating safety so that you can create the healthy new habits that you want to. And in fact, this is one of the pillars that we're going to be working on in the Free Fatigue to Fabulous workshop, because particularly in midlife as well, when we can become a bit less resilient to stress, we can feel more anxious, more overwhelmed, this becomes even more important. So first of all, we all know a little bit about the nervous system, right? So it basically controls much of what we think and feel and what our body does. And part of this is the autonomic nervous system, and that's split into sympathetic parasympathetic and sometimes the enteric system. This is to do with your your digestion, your gastrointestinal tract. So sometimes that enteric system is considered to be independent, uh, you know, like an independent part of your nervous system as well. But we're only going to focus on the first two today. So sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic is our fight or flight mode. This is the place where we are ready for action. We're on the go. We're busy. We're stressed. We're thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. We are, you know, trying to get through the to-do list. So you can probably already tell we spend a lot of time there, right? Way more than we're supposed to, because that sympathetic system is really important for survival, which I'll go on to in a minute, but it's not the thing that we should be spending a lot of time in. And then you've got your parasympathetic system, which is your rest and digest and or feed and breed system. So as, you know, as that says, it's all about when you're down-regulated, you're resting, your digestion can work properly. It's when you feel like, you know, getting it on (laughs) with your other half. Um, So it's very important for, you know, libido and things like that. So it's a really important state to spend some time in. And, you know, as I was going through sympathetic, you're probably like, oh yeah, that's me all the time. And as I'm going through parasympathetic, you're probably like, "Mm, yeah, don't do a lot of that. You know, often I find that, so if I'm working with somebody who says to me, oh, do you know what? I just prefer it when I'm busy. I don't really like sitting down. I'm like straight away. I'm like, you are spending no time in parasympathetic. You're spending all of your time going like, I need to be doing, I need to be achieving. I need to be ticking things off the to-do list. So you're, you know, if, if you have a habit of saying that kind of thing, the likelihood is you're probably not spending enough time in parasympathetic, in that parasympathetic state. And I would probably say that 95% of us these days are not spending enough time in that state, in that rest and digest, feed and breed state. And obviously, that means that things are going to be slightly off kilter for us. What this has to do with habit change, I will come on to. Now, both of these systems are obviously vital to survival. So historically, they functioned exactly as they should. So when you are, you know, faced with danger, you're faced with, you know, famine, for example, you're faced with a bear in the woods, whatever it is, your sympathetic system kicks in, the adrenaline, the cortisol get going. It gives you that quick energy so you can you can move away. You can either fight or you can run away. So it's like heightening your senses and and taking all of that energy that you've got and putting it into basically your limbs so that you can actually run away or you can fight that danger. And then after that danger has passed, you come back into parasympathetic. Okay. So we can move from one state to the next quite easily. However, modern life means that this system is deregulated. So we actually spend prolonged periods of time or repeated periods of time in a sympathetic state. You know, it's not just a couple of times a week or a couple of times a month. It's every single day we're in there. We're rushing. We're trying to get things done. We're trying to tick things off the list. So we spend prolonged periods of time in there or repeated periods of time in there. And usually it's a result of trying to do too much work deadlines 
that idiot in the car in front of you, that cancelled train when you're in a rush, that conversation with your boss, battling with the kids to do their homework, eating on the run, not getting enough sleep, too much screen time, being too connected all the time online, and yet not connected enough in real life. So you get the idea, okay? This is what, for most of us, this is what our lives look like. And we're getting frustrated and annoyed and we're upregulating that system all the time. Not just from things that are happening to us, but because we get so used to it, we react to situations in a way that we wouldn't do if we were in that parasympathetic state. You know, we're on alert. When we're in that place, we're on alert and we're also not particularly resilient to little stresses. So like I said a second ago, like that thing, you know, that cancelled train when you're in a rush, for example, if you're in that that sympathetic fight or flight mode, that's going to really piss you off. You're going to get cross. You're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated. And you're going to carry that with you for a lot of your day. Whereas actually, if you got to the station and you were feeling rested, relaxed, and all those kind of things, then that train gets cancelled. Yeah, you might have a momentary, oh, bloody hell, it's annoying. Then you're going to go, well, nothing I can do about it now. I'm just going to deal with it. But we don't often do that, do we? We often just get that frustration and then it sort of stays with us all day. So it makes us not particularly resilient to those little stresses that are going on each and every day. And when we are in that place, our brain wants to keep us safe. That is kind of its, its biggest goal really is keeping us safe because it believes that we are not safe. So when we are spending a lot of time in sympathetic mode, in kind of this switched on alert state, then our brain is, is, is thinking, oh, right, I'm not safe here. We are not safe here. And so all of its focus goes towards keeping you safe. So with its primary goal being safety, it doesn't want you to change. It doesn't want you to change stuff. It wants to keep things predictable and it's not particularly open to new ideas and new routines. You know, it cannot focus on that because it wants to keep you in the same state that you are currently in to keep you safe. So when you're there, you often make easy decisions. So things that are going to serve you here and now in the moment. So I'm not going to do that workout because I need to get the washing done. Or I'm just going to have the chocolate because I just, I need it. You know, whatever it is, you you make the easy, quick decision. Even though it's not serving your long-term goals, that is the decision you make. Because you can't actually tune in at that point to the long-term consequences of doing that thing and whether it's serving you or not. So as you can imagine that as you go in and out and in and out of that sympathetic state throughout the day, throughout the week, you don't spend enough time in a place where you actually feel safe. And like I said at the start, if a lot of women say to me, oh, I just prefer it when I'm on the go. I prefer it when I've got stuff to do. I don't like sitting still. I never know what to do with myself. I get bored. And it's because your par- your sympathetic system is just switched on all the time. You're so used to that, that you find it very difficult maybe to spend time in a place where you actually feel safe and you can rest and digest. The parasympathetic system is where you slow down. You can digest your food. You can get in the mood for a bit of special time with your other half. And it's also where you have the space to make positive action or take positive actions. Okay. We're actually meant to hang out in that place quite a lot, but we don't. We spend way, way, way too much time on high alert. So already you're probably beginning to see within your own life where you might be having issues because of this with making positive change. You know, it's that thing of you're really busy, you've got a lot on, you want 
you know, and you're like, right, I really need, I know that if I'm, if, if I work on my fitness, it's going to make me feel better and, and it helps me to deal with all of the stuff that I've got going on day to day. And that is absolutely 100% true. However, if you are in a state of high alert a lot of the time, and if you're in a state where your brain is just thinking, how do I keep you safe? Because I'm not safe, then it's going to be really hard to do that. Whereas when you can spend a bit of time in parasympathetic, it just, it slows everything down and it gives you the time to actually start to incorporate and implement those lifestyle changes that you want to. And, you know, we can believe that we want to change. We can understand intellectually that change is going to be good. You know, whether that's eating less sugar, doing more exercise, focusing on wellness a bit more, you know, whatever it is that you want to do for yourself, you can believe that you want to change. You can understand why it's important to do that. But the truth is that if you're spending too much time feeling activated and stressed and busy, then you are not going to be able to create the right environment for that deep, deep change that you need. And, you know, we're always going to take the easy route, the one that's familiar, even if we know it's not serving us anymore. It could be eating the chocolate that you always eat at five o'clock. It's not you being rubbish or having no willpower or being addicted to sugar. It's none of that. It's just your brain wanting you to do the thing that feels safe and eating chocolate feels safe. So that's where you go. Okay. So it's not about, well, I'll just have more willpower tomorrow or right. That's it. I'm just going to give up all sugar because I'm, I'm obviously addicted to sugar. It's a load of rubbish. <laughs> it's just not true. It's your brain saying, this makes me feel safe. Do the thing that makes me feel safe. And so that's why you turn to the chocolate. You know, it could also be choosing to not do the workout because you've told yourself you're too busy. And again, it's not a lack of willpower or because you can't make a workout stick, or because you can't do hard stuff. It's your brain making you feel safe by making the decision that it usually makes. And if the decision it usually makes is, I'm not going to do the workout, then that's the one it's going to keep making, okay? Because it wants you to feel safe. And you know what? Doing these things may not make you feel good, ultimately. You might be pissed off with yourself for doing the thing or not doing the thing, but they are serving you because they are making you feel safe. So don't get frustrated when you're in that place because it's actually a good thing. Okay. Your body is actually doing what it's supposed to do. And it's saying, I'm overloaded. I've got too much on. I'm too stressed. I am activated. I don't want you to change because I need to keep you safe. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to take away from this is that, that if you are struggling to exercise regularly or make better decisions with food or whatever it is, it's not because you're rubbish. It's not because you can't do it. It's not because you've got no willpower. It's just your brain trying to do something good for you and keep you protected. And I really hope that straight away that in itself already allows you to take a little bit of stress off your plate. You know, ironically, the more annoyed and stressed we get about not doing the things that we need to, the more we just continue and contribute to that cycle and make it less likely that you're going to do them rather than more likely that you can do them. It becomes a vicious circle. You know, you keep blaming yourself. You keep stressing you're not doing the thing. So you feel more stressed. You feel more activated. You spend more time in the sympathetic state and it just goes on and on and on. So I think the first thing I want you to take away is that it is not your fault. It's not because you're rubbish. It's not because you can't do it. It's because your body, your brain is doing exactly what it is designed to do. Okay. So that's the first thing. Be kind to yourself. Be kind. The second thing that I want you to take away from this is that if you want to make a change, the first step is not going to be to just start throwing a few weights around hoping for the best. 
it's going to be looking at what's going on with your nervous system and your life first. So you literally need to set the scene for change. So you need to put yourself in the right state for your brain to be willing to accept change. So there are lots and lots and lots of things that we might need to address, obviously, but I'm going to give you a few things here. So it could be an overscheduled diary. I've spoken about this on previous episodes, this idea that we actually become addicted to our stress. And we actually do. We become addicted to the buzz of cortisol, adrenaline, all those things going around in our bodies. And we sort of don't know how to be without them. And so what we do is we keep creating a situation where we keep getting the hit. We keep getting the buzz and we keep giving it to ourselves all the time. And one of the ways that we do that is by, you know, overscheduling trying to make sure that we've got something in the diary every single weekend. You know, the amount of people that, I could, oh, that come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I've just had really busy, you know, every weekend is booked up until, you know, November. I'm like, oh my God, how, how do you live like this? <laughs> I cannot do that personally. I'm like one weekend, you know, of being out and about all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to do, so much to catch up on. So I never, you know, it's never going to be more than one weekend at a time that I've got booked up, you know, I'll always allow myself plenty of time in between. But I think this is the thing. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our lives that we can't avoid, right? You can't avoid the school run. You can't avoid the work deadline. You can't avoid all of these things. But I think it's also about recognizing that we do sometimes do some of this stuff to ourselves by trying to make sure that our diary is always full by, you know, do you feel anxious when you're like, oh my God, I've got a free day or whatever. Does that make you feel anxious? Or maybe in advance of it, you're like, oh, that'd be so great. And then you actually get to it, you're like, oh my God, what do I do with myself? Feel anxious. What's, you know, and then you end up spending the entire day doing jobs and not actually sitting down and, and taking some time. So, you know, I think that this is definitely something that a lot of us do. We schedule way, way, way too much. And I used to do that. I do not do that anymore. Maybe you need to get more help at home. You know, that could be getting a cleaner if that is available to you, or it could just be sharing more of the tasks around the house, making sure that your family are helping you out, making sure that your other half is doing some stuff, having that conversation. You know, I've had conversations in my groups, in my membership and stuff with women who are like, do you know what? I'm finally ready to have that conversation with my other half. And then they'll come back and they're like, oh yeah, it was actually great. It was fine. He was, you know, ready to do loads of extra things around the house that I didn't expect. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's because, you know, and I, this is my experience anyway, but I found that with my husband, for example, I, when I was having those conversations a few years ago, it wasn't that he didn't want to help. It was that he genuinely had no idea. And I think that for a lot of women, we hold on. We hold on really, really tight to stuff. And we don't let other people get a look in. And we get frustrated with it. We're like, oh God, why am I always doing these things? Why is it my responsibility to do this? And it's mostly because we don't let other people do it for us. Because they don't do it as well as we do. (laughs) They don't do it in the same way. But we're just adding more stress. And again, you know, if that's you, if you're sitting there going, yeah, I do do that. I do hold on. I do, you know, try and do all the things because I think that that I should, or I do it the best, or it's just easier if I do it, then it's time to have a conversation. And, you know, the other thing for me recently has been, you know, my kids are 10 and 13 now. 
And I'm like, you guys do not do anywhere near enough around the house. So getting them to do more as well is really, really important. So getting more help at, at home and um, doing less for other people. Like stop saying yes to everybody all the time. You're allowed to say no. Um, that is okay. Putting in boundaries around work again, you know, same kind of thing is, is not responding to emails at nine o'clock at night. Just don't do it. Cause if you do it, people expect you to do it all the time and you expect yourself to do it. It's like, put it away put the phone away, enjoy your evening kind of thing and and put some boundaries in around work and things. It could be starting the day with five minutes of calm. Just allow your nervous system to just be calm for five minutes or end the day with a five minute routine. So you kind of set the boundary between the busyness of the day and the relax of the evening, you know, just a little five minute routine you could do. And add more self-care into your life. And I know you're all sitting there thinking, I don't have time for this. But honestly, if you want to make change, if you want to feel better, then you have to. Okay, it's going to be a non-negotiable. So self-care, by the way, is not spending tons and tons of time on, you know, bubble baths and massages and stuff. Those things are amazing. But sometimes self-care is about looking at your diary. Sometimes self-care is about asking other people for help. Sometimes self-care is saying no to other people. Sometimes self-care is recognising some of your patterns around this. Sometimes self-care is just a five-minute routine in the evening before you relax. So just think about how you can start to add that into your life. And, you know, this stuff is vital if you really, really want to make change, you know. We've got to stop piling more to-dos and shoulds on top of a life that is already a bit too much. It's just not going to work. You know, focus on spending a bit more time in a place of calm, a place of safety. And I promise that after you've allowed yourself to rest a little bit, you're going to find that you've got those reserves and that resilience that you didn't think you had. The reserves and the resilience to actually go and make those lifestyle changes. But this always has to be the first step because if you just try and pile more change onto an already busy and already manic life, it's not going to happen. It's not going to stick. So try and make sure you find yourself that bit of space and, and calm and peace. And it doesn't have to be all day, every day, just little pockets, little pockets is fine. Now, of course, we're going to be working on this in the five day fatigue to fabulous workshop. When we help you to build your very own fatigue to fabulous formula, it's going to be a very, very important part of that. Because I know that once we work on this, all of the rest is going to follow that much more easily. So do make sure you come and join me for that. If you are from your early forties onwards, we're going to have the most amazing, enlightening, productive week. And I know you're going to walk away feeling really focused on what you need to do for a fit, healthy and happy perimenopause. Right. Okay. So that's us. So I hope that's really helped. I hope that it's given you some thinking points. And like I say, I it's one of those things that once you hear somebody say it and talk about it, you kind of go, oh my God, yeah, that makes so much sense. So I hope that made real sense. I hope that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I need to do first before I start, you know, faffing around with all the other stuff or, you know, trying to pile four workouts a week on top of a busy schedule. Like you will get there you need to allow your brain a little bit of space to to allow that for you as well first. So do let me know what you think. Do let me know what changes you're going to be making if it's kind of made you think a little bit differently about things. And if you're going to join me for the Fatigue to Fabulous workshop, then you can check out the link in the show notes right now and I'll see you there. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me again today and I will see you back here again next week. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.